Welcome to the podcast version of Let's Kill Twitter, the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Let's Kill Twitter is recorded live and on Zoom with regular hosts Julian Hall and Sajila Kershey, and this week featured two guests, the comedians Kate Smurthwaite and Steve N. Allen. This was our last episode of 2021, and it was something of a bumper edition. Uh, we ended up running to 90 minutes. We covered Sean Bailey and Tory Christmas parties, Diane Abbott and Tory Christmas parties, uh, a story about a woman who married a tree, Cheshire Police and their social media and how effective that was at catching criminals, Angela Rayner and the government's response to the Covid situation, Piers Corbyn's arrest, Gold Gin, Nadine Dorries being dumped from a Tory WhatsApp group, sexist family photos and a quick succession of funnies at the end. So it's all there. We hope you enjoy the show. Please follow us on Twitter at LKTZoom. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's Sunday night, it's eight o'clock and you're watching Let's Kill Twitter with me, Julian Hall. This is the show that aims to detox your timeline with the art of conversation. Yes, a lofty aim, but luckily I don't have to do it alone. And joining me tonight are two fantastic guests the comedians Kate Smurthwaite and Steve N. Allen. And as ever, I'm joined by another fantastic comedian. It's my co-host, Sajila Kershey. Hey, Hello. hi, Julian. Hello, how are you? <laughs> uh, good, good. Been, a, been an interesting week. I hope you've had <laughs> one too. Yeah, it's been pretty full on, hasn't it? I have to say. Um, I'm really glad Twitter had a bit of a, a moment last night. Like My timeline was basically split 50-50 between Strictly and Piers Corbyn, which is a slightly weird combination. It has to oh, be don't, don't give me a spoiler, because I haven't watched it, but I'm hoping mm. it was the um, the Death Girl. I couldn't... Uh, <laughs> oh, hello to Martin, our regular viewer, has noticed that I've managed to promote you back to co-host <laughs> this week. Yeah, cheers, Martin. Thanks for noticing. Last week's uh, went right off script. Uh, I won't... No spoilers. No spoilers to Strictly. I, I didn't watch it. I can't do with that much joy and emotion in my life, quite frankly. Uh, I got enough of that from Twitter. Although what I did do <laughs> last night was I did watch uh, Desperately Seeking Susan for the first time in about oh, know, 30 classic. years. And there was quite a lot of Twitter chat on that, which was fun. Yes, which is, yeah, I know the one I picked out a tweet because, of course, you know, Madonna was great then. She's great, great now, in my, my view. But, yeah, I, I, I love that film. Did you like it? I totally do. Although, as I sort of pointed out on Twitter, that it's the weirdest thing that they had the money to sort of... Uh, place so many personals ads because those ads were really expensive I seem to remember in the day so it's like some kind of uh, really slow burn Twitter uh, essentially but it's yeah. fun I mean and Madonna is just you know I mean I'm really glad you've chosen a, a Madonna tweet tonight actually because uh, she is she is fab quite 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 wacky but still fab so we, we'll, we'll come back to the tweet that I probably picked uh, around Madonna but um yeah we should we should get our guests on yeah let's, I guess, let's get some guests on Totally. Well, look, just before we do, I'm just going to introduce Steve, but just before I do, just to remind streamers that we're now live across Twitch, across Facebook Live, and across YouTube. Please do give us a subscribe on YouTube. That would be fantastic. That's where all our previous shows and clips are. And of course, crucially, please follow us at LKT Zoom. You can interact with us live during the show, and the rest of the time, that's where we're posting tweets, clips of the show, and news of the next shows, of course. Um, so yeah, without too much further ado, let's uh, let's talk about our guests. Uh, we've got the fabulous Steve and Alan joining us. He started out as a chemist, 
but left the labs for a life on stage telling jokes in comedy clubs across the country and at several Edinburgh Fringe comedy shows. Steve was a regular on BBC Two's The Mash Report, of course, and then on Dave's Late Night Mash, Double Helping. He's hosted the BBC topical comedy podcast, Steve N. Allen's Week, and co-created the online satirical show, Comic Solving Problems, with fellow comedian and previous guest on LK LKT, Eric McElroy. Steve is also a columnist with various newspapers across the UK and regularly appears on BBC and independent local radio stations. His book, Lasted Another Year Despite a Pandemic, came out in 2021. Time for a sequel, methinks. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm writing a sequel for that one at all. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, the first book was about trying to survive the first part of it. I've just been in hiding since then. There'd be nothing to write down, just tear-stained pages. That's all I could offer. Brilliant oh, stuff. Well Sorry, Sir Julie. Go on, please introduce. No, I was going to say, we'll welcome, Steve. I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll, let me introduce Kate as well, so that we get you both on and chatting about a little bit about yourselves. Um, so, yeah, welcome to uh, Kate uh, Smithwaite. Uh, she's a left-wing feminist atheist, uh, polymorous, uh, amorous comedian and activist. She's a host and star of news at Kate video series and performs stand-up comedy all over the world, uh, including the UK. The most recent show, believe it or not, was this last past year during the pandemic, the last mayor of uh, Fia Aloawi. Uh, it's received rave reviews for its one of the 2020, uh, 21 Edinburgh Fringe, including four stars from the Mighty Chortle comedy website. Uh, Kate, Kate's broadcast credits, which I, you know, literally I've seen her in everything. She is, it's include uh, Question Time, News Night, the mo uh, This Morning, Jeremy Vine, Women's Hour, the Today Program, and so much more. She's written a whole range of publications in, uh, for a public uh, load of uh, publications, including the Guardian, the Independent, the Telegraph, the Mirror, and the New Statesman. Uh, and not not forgetting, she's also written for TV, radio, and web series, including Have I Got News for You and BBC Three's BAFTA winning The Revolution will be televised. Internationally, she's probably best known as the star of a viral video circulated under the name Atheist Beach Slap. Uh, please welcome Kate Smithwaite, who's also an activist, by the way. <laughs> Hello, Kate. Hey, uh, please welcome you back to the room. Hello. Gosh, I, I took a whole breath to kind of get get that. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, accomplishments. Accomplishments there, Kate. Um, yeah. yeah, well, very well done testing my breathing. I'm very old. <laughs> it's a short answer. I've been around a long time, throwing things at the uh, wall and seeing what sticks. So how yeah, is it well, in real it. life at the moment? In real life, I mean, I'm all right. I um, I, I don't think I'd really go for much more than all right. Like, I'm not um. Yeah, I mean, we just don't know. I've got shows all lined up. I was loving touring last Mayor of Fialoe, um, and I've got shows all lined up, but half of them getting cancelled. And so I'm just in a bit of a, like, you don't cancel other things in case your shows get cancelled. So then I'm, I'm doing my shows, and I'm getting up early in the morning and tutoring maths online and doing other things that I've been doing to just financially survive the apocalypse. And I'm not going to... It's not the apocalypse, is it? Because we're not really surviving the pandemic. That's a myth. We're surviving Boris Johnson's incompetence. Um, if he dealt with it properly the first time, we wouldn't all be here. So, you know, um, I'm struggling to survive Boris Johnson's incompetence, as we all are. But, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, still waving, not yet drowning. That's true. Um, and talking about, like, just picking up what you said about doing lots of things to try and survive financially. Mm. Uh, I know I, I, uh, Steve and I met the other day and um, we sort of spoke about this, having to put your fingers out in lots of pies. What, what have, can, if, if it's, if you don't mind me asking, what, what have you been 
uh, doing to survive this, like the pandemic times, as it were? I mean, again, like everything. So, yes, I've been doing some maths tutoring. I made an online comedy writing masterclass that I sell off of my website. Um, I did some uh, voiceover work. I did. I'm the voice of a maternity nursing course. Um, I know a lot more about latching than you really ought to for a woman who's made it to 46 without having any children of her own. Um, well, yeah, it could be I a could thing. Have... It could be you might use it in, you know, you don't know when you might need that. Um, you but, you yeah. never know when you might never need know. to stimulate milk production. Yeah. It could happen at any moment. And uh, if it happens live on air during this show, you call me right away. Can you stimulate uh, alternative <laughs> milk production as well, like oats and almond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, same question to you. What, what, have you. what have you done the past, you know, year? I mean, there was a big stage when I didn't do anything at all, where I'd never been that unemployed ever in my life. So that was that was an interesting thing, effectively going back to my Mansfield roots by not having a job. Um, but yeah, loads of voiceovers. Uh, for a short time, I was the voice of um, ITV's The Void, that game show that no one watched. Um, so the <laughs> sponsor credits in and out of that were me shouting about whichever company sponsored it. Um, so that helped. I love and the that... idea that you're the voice of The Void. Like the voice of, we need, we need something that sounds like a gaping chasm. Yeah. We'll call Steve. <laughs> He'll be able to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Steve, do you fancy working in a void? It's like, well, I'm, I'm working from home. So Yeah. Uh, yesterday I did a voiceover for a Russian um, museum, which took way longer than I thought because, you know, of course, there are going to be place names and people's names and they didn't put a guide on how to pronounce stuff. So I was in I was in the studio, which is also the shed for about um, four hours doing that. So basically, yeah, speaking was the only way to earn a bit of extra money when I couldn't well, do anything else. That's where your silken voice, your your smooth mm-hmm. voice is always coming in handy, isn't it? Never starts That's making, right. Steve. Never starts making. Um, Travel in uh, the shed. Yeah, in the shed. What about what about the the Russian? I'm going to sound racist. Did you did you have to do a Russian the Russian accent? No. No, I was the anglicised audio track for walking oh, around this uh, okay. museum. Yeah. <laughs> they might have thought that that was me taking the Mickey somewhat, so I kept it to my normal voice that they hired me for. <laughs> Very wise. Well, I did the maternity nursing course in Russian just to mix it up. Yeah. Well, there you go. Latching. There's a Russian theme. <laughs> uh, I had a dream stuff. about Vladimir Putin. So there we go. We're on. We're on. We're on the trend here, like talking about Russian stuff. Um, <laughs> Julian, got anything to add on 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 that, or should we? Should we move in terms on? of, uh, yeah, no, I I've not got shared. I've definitely worked in a void before, but uh, yeah, totally. No, we can we can move on in a very timely way to this week's selection of tweets. I mean, it's obviously been a fairly heavy news schedule, even in the last 24 hours, to be fair. Mm. Uh, and it's not going to lighten up uh, too soon, is it really? Um, so uh, I think as as we are, as there's like a cheese and wine story that's just broken now of, of Boris in the is it number 10 garden, I think, with cheese and wine uh, at some point in lockdown. So. Goodness me! I mean, I'm start. I'm tempted on that basis to uh, to start with Kate's. Well, it's one of your own tweets, actually, Kate, and it's all about uh, Sean Bailey, who's been obviously involved, well, mayoral candidate for the Tories, and was involved in the sort of the most egregious uh, breaking of the COVID rules. Um, now, there's mm. uh, if you want to just yeah, if you just read it out, and then we'll go into it. I know there's a 15 minute video attached, which I have watched, yeah, yeah. so we can pray see it together somehow. Yeah. So so the, the, my tweet is just, you all know I totally called it on Sean Bailey being a problem long before he was running Tory Christmas parties, right? Um, and it, yeah, and it links to a video which I made uh, several months ago, but just what's happened this week is that we've seen this picture of the Conservative Party Christmas 
bash. You can, it's, yeah, it's confusing because we've got the Conservative Party Christmas Party, isn't it? They're going to have to rename themselves the Conservative Work-Related Gathering in order to keep themselves uh, above water. But yeah, and he's and there's a photo like they not only had a party, but then they like did a, a fun photo where some idiot in braces is lounging across the front holding a glass of champagne and everybody's sort of like waving and you know doing silly bunny ears and it's just like and he's right in the middle of it uh sean bailey so i made a video um when he was running to be mayor or mayor of london um about the fact that i have previous with him years and years ago back in i think about 2010 i was hosting the hustings in hammersmith um when he was running to be the tory mp there and like i thought that it would be a good idea when we were asking the various candidates about their policies to kind of throw in a little like fact-based question to see how good they were so if there was a question from the audience about like what what the candidates would do about unemployment I would say oh before you answer the question about unemployment can you tell me what the current rate of job seekers allowance is and Sean Bailey knew none of them like he didn't even understand what the questions were in most cases and he was just an absolute omni shambles and the other candidates did all right um Andy Slaughter who was the the incumbent Labour yeah. candidate who won it in the end um he knew most of them and um and Sean was just awful and then his agent came up afterwards and was like so I suppose you work for the Labour Party and I was like no 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 facts don't belong to the Labour Party <laughs> they were just fact-based questions facts I have got to say, I'm not sure if I was doing a hustings. I don't know that I would necessarily hire a sort of known activist comedian to be uh, chairing it, though. I don't know. Well, in fairness, this is 2010. This is a long time ago when I was considerably less known than I am now and considerably less politically active than I am now. Um, Yeah, I mean, I remember it. TMO Entertainment's booked me, and I was emceeing a lot of their shows at the time, and I think they just thought, who can handle this? (gasps) And in many ways, they were right. Um, yeah. But I was I wasn't trying to be impartial in any way. But by the end of it, I had very strong partial views because, yeah, he was just awful. And um, and so I'd made this video months ago recalling that and pointing out that his running for London mayor was also a lot of his manifesto was just there was just no substance to it. And it was just all fluff and nonsense. And, uh, and now we're all like people are like, oh, apparently he's awful. And I'm like, oh, I've been saying this for years. Well, I mean, just I'm going to say something and then I'm going to shut up and let the others of you get involved. But I, I know that he uh, didn't get an awful lot of support from the Conservative Party for his mayoral run, which was partly based on a few sort of, uh, you know, missteps that he made, some of which I think you cover in your video, in fairness. Mm. And, and, you know, maybe he wasn't the most solid candidate. I've got to say, I think he did pretty well in the mayoral elections. I think he definitely outperformed expectations. So either unpopular, but still elected incumbent or something. He had some, there was something there that connected. Yeah, I don't care if politicians like, like, I think that's sort of like, do people connect? Like, have they got good policies that would work? He basically didn't have any policies. Um, But I think the Conservatives were quite excited about him. When I first heard about him in Hammersmith, um, his agent was going around telling everybody that he was the Conservative Obama. And I was like, really, is he like based on what, lads? Like, it's like <laughs> right, you've seen okay. somebody doing well in another country and you've gone, oh, let's pretend we've got the same thing happening here. Like, I found it all pretty cringe. Yeah. Steve, I want to bring you in this into this now. 
yeah i'm glad that um some of the mud about parties is actually sticking because this is one of those stories in general where i started to get annoyed by it and thought now this this will end up being buried that i mean there are probably people who see the picture of that tweet and everyone's seen that picture and some people will be like yeah we gotta have fun and those people i can't stand and i'm one of those sour faces that they that's been all over the news about this uh, party story because last christmas i didn't get to spend any time with my dad for his last christmas and then t uh, 15th of january he passed away of covid so i'm a bit angry about all of this party lark um, and i've worked out why because even though you can you can make a sentence that says oh you know they've worked hard they're only having fun whatever it's like we were all crashed on a desert island and we all had to survive a year on terrible rations and then at the end of it you get some pictures of the conservatives absolutely having a banquet mm -hmm. they've found the secret room with the secret food now that might not be illegal but what it is, is infuriating. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just annoyed by all of this. But it just shows that the reason we should have been annoyed in the first place. We inherently knew that they had this one rule for them, one rule for us. You know, if you can get away with it, why wouldn't you? Is a mantra that runs through so many people. And I'm glad we start to find out. It's actually starting to move the dial. I know we're talking about just over a week since Labour uh, had its biggest lead in the polls. The biggest mm. lead since 2014. And admittedly, it's not really Labour's success. That's yeah. like winning the Tour de France because everyone else had a crash. Um, but still, yeah. it's nice that we're seeing what actual types of people we're dealing with here. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm uh, in agreement with both of you there. And I'm so sorry about your dad. And, and yes, so many stories, you know, obviously, as we, we know, have come through this past year. There's a serious side of it where um, it's been horrific and, and you make sacrifices. Uh, to to not spend time with your loved ones, you know, um, and 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 yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, and with the UK, um, definitely, I think his manifesto was weak, irrespective of of you know, the party side and stuff. And I just yeah, I don't like him. I, ne I never I never warmed him. And 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 it's interesting, Gillian, that you say his popularity because yeah, I think maybe the popularity was based on oh, it's it's a black man and he he could be the next Obama, um, and so. You know, and yes, I can say that as a woman. Well, color, I think I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, uh, but as a, but it's 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 overall this does highlight a really um, ugly thing. But um, yes, sorry, sorry, Julie. No, I was just thinking it's more based on uh, a bit of antipathy towards uh, Sadiq Khan to some extent. I think it was, it was there was so knife crime issues. Well, there was there was there was knife crime issues that I don't think that Sadiq Khan was necessarily. No one expects him to be Batman, but he was he was suffering a backlash on that because he just didn't seem to his messaging on that didn't seem to be coming across no. and i think that's one of the, the benefits that sean got um but um i mean you know it was the most egregious uh, i certainly thought of you steve when this was was going on um you know because I, I you know uh, i knew about that and um it is this was the most sort of egregious sort of break of it and i think one of the problems with this story is that we're being hit by uh, it has got legs because we've been hit by a new one as we speak in terms mm. of the cheese and wine party. So, you know, it is going somewhere, but it was it was sort of threatening to almost go into a siding when they were they were looking at the Zoom parties because it was getting so sort of technical and people were starting to sort of switch off. Um, but on a, you know, on a lighter note, obviously, well, slightly lighter note, this photo obviously has, has uh, been uh, enjoyed by or people like Matt Hyten doing the David Brent memes and all the rest of it, the guy. And there's also, I just noticed for the first time that this guy who's uh, sort of horizontal is, is rocking such a 1980s yuppie look. Uh, it's unbelievable. So you can't say there isn't continuity in the Tory party. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, um, it's a big one. And you were comparing it to that picture in The Shining of everybody gathered around in the ballroom, you, you know, like a hundred years earlier. Um, it could be like the sort of same photo from the 1973 Conservative Party Christmas bash. Um, and they've just like sort of turned into waxworks and the ghost of Christmas past is back to haunt them kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's not a party until someone's horizontal. Or, uh, you know, it must be the tagline on that one. But... It's the jumper. The... It's no, no, it's the jumper, isn't it? That's the... Yeah, and you also know when they do that position, you know, some, there's been a lot of drink out, uh, involved. There's been a lot of alcohol before you do the little sliding on the floor, and then it, you're going to pay for those bruises the next day when you've done that. But yeah, that's that's obviously... just a re-smog lying down pose. That's just uh. keeping it on brand. <laughs> Have you ever done that pose, guys? Anyone? Not with my bad back. It does look like no, how my old eleven aside team used to defend, but Julia, I'm tempted to say not with my clothes on. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, allowed. This is allowed, yeah. that's fine. I show. mean, you know, you're right, it's not a party till somebody lies down, but it's not a real party until somebody lies down naked. That's that's the truth of the matter, isn't it? I've just got an image. If those pictures now. emerge of the Conservative Party, I think nobody will ever vote for them again. I think that might be the end of the line. I don't uh, know, so I think they'll still put a spin on it. <laughs> we've got to reach peak naked. I see. Okay. So where are we going to go next? From, right, so um, let's have, one, have of uh, one of uh, Steve's. Oh, uh, oh, gosh. Okay, I'm just wondering. So we've got the we've got the real political big gun stories, but Steve, what do you want? Do you want uh, Nadine Dorries or a tree? <laughs> I mean, if you want to mix it up, let's do the tree. Let's Although, the I tree. mean, there's there's the best one. spot, the difference ever. <laughs> Nadine Dorries and a tree. Give me a couple of guesses at this, would you? Um, uh, yeah, the tree one's nice. The person who married a tree years ago has, uh, still says the relationship's going strong. I mean, look, it's a story where you can just sit around doing puns all day. What, they didn't grow apart? Eat. Um, but I, I mean, I liked stories like this, which always... They are the utter... barking to me, right, Nice, yeah. Barks worse than its bite, something like that. But these stories are actually, in part, they start to cheer me up. I like a story that's absolutely substanceless. It is someone who's realised you can get in the newspaper by doing something that's not that bizarre. Uh, it's not an actual marriage, you know. In the event of there being a divorce, this marriage won't mean that the tree owns half the stuff. So it's not real. It just gets you in the newspapers. I do like the fact that. I've not spotted any news stories, and I read a lot of tabloid rubbish for the various things I do for a living. I've never spotted uh, a gentleman doing this. This tends to be only to the lady side. And this shows what's wrong with the, the day of marriage. Because if a bloke were to have a fake getting married to himself ceremony, it's just a day in an annoying suit. There's not anything else that you get that's particularly good. Now, the stag do is traditionally good for the blokes, but that's just people being problematically drunk on a weekend. That happens every weekend. It's not like there needs to be a special event for it. Um, but it's nice to know, to check in with this this lady who says that relationship is still going strong. There are also, we hear the stories of the, the, the woman who fell in love with the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. There's an actual, I mean, there's a word that describes the condition of being able to fall in love with an inanimate object. Again, I feel the obvious punchline of, wait, it's like any husband after a couple of years. Yeah, all those jokes. Um, so, I mean, look, there is, then as soon as you get underneath the part of the story that's quite light and fluffy, I do start to worry about, are we just entertaining someone and being entertained by a story about someone who has some mental health issues? Maybe we shouldn't take it so lightly. But I don't want to make everything serious, so let's just imagine, you know, step one is being a tree hugger, but if you're going to commit, this is what you've got to do. In fairness to, to, to men, much as they very rarely, in my experience, you're quite right, Steve, uh, marry inanimate objects, um, uh, 
if you if you read a story about somebody who's broken into the zoo and interfered with one of the animals, oh, it's always a fella, isn't it? I mean, breaking and borrowing into the aardvark enclosure. It's never Deborah from Stevenage. It's, it's always a bloke. And um, that's why we know that the global pandemic was caused by blokes, because somebody shagged a pangolin and wasn't asked, was it girls? There's no way that was one of the girls. So it's like there's a definitely space for buck passing here. I mean, I know I, I'm not saying Boris Johnson would shag a pangolin, but his last male predecessor shagged a dead pig, allegedly. So, um, you know, I think there's precedent there among the uh, senior ranks of the Conservative Party. Somebody somebody got over-friendly with a pangolin, and uh, in a lot of ways, it'd be better if they'd stuck to the trees. What was the other one? Was it was a pangolin, but what was the other suspect? It was bat. 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 Yeah, 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 that's right. Isn't it quite hard to seduce a bat? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I think it's trickier to seduce hurt. a pangolin. <laughs> The pangolins well, can roll up woo. as a protected ball. That's yeah, surely right. anti-social hours, that's for sure. I just don't yeah. know how you woo a bat, really. I just don't know how that has, must have happened. Must have really gone, you know, put the work in for that one. But, yeah, it, I mean, interesting points, because, yes, inanimate um, objects, though I did hear not so long ago, I think we had it on our show, which was um, a dog, a woman who married her dog because she was sick of being single. But I don't think mm. that, again, I think that was a publicity thing. It wasn't like a serious thing. But, of course, there are states in, in America where, of course... Um, generally speaking, it is men who seem to marry the, you know, animals. Uh, so both kind of correct. Oh, uh, sometimes always... sex dolls. Sorry? You get, you get sex... stories about men marrying sex dolls, don't you? That's <laughs> <doesn't laughs> I'm going to jump in on that because I, I have always thought that there must be a bit of material about how, if anything, it's counterintuitive. That in terms of sex dolls, women tend to just have the thing that replicates just the one body part, whereas... So a bloke who's got a sex doll at least has the full... But you could try and spin it as like, oh, maybe this is more romantic. And then there's always a clip of the bloke who owns them who's always like, oh, she's lovely. Never a chance. <laughs> Ruins any moral high ground you could try and build. Oh, dear. It just goes to show how hard dating is, basically. I mean, if it's not dogs... Basically, it goes dogs, trees, men. That's essentially the order. But, yeah. Wow. Oh, you've been on my Facebook group, Julian. <laughs> I have a little Facebook group called um, OK Stupid. You must be in it, Sadida, aren't you? I must, I must oh, yes, that. yes, yes. I have a Facebook group uh, just for all my girly friends, although your female viewers are welcome to join in, called OK Stupid, where we share screenshots of the horrendous things we've seen on dating apps. And um, and not a, not a dull moment, I will say. Not a dull moment. Not a day goes by when we're not... Why is he dressed as a serial killer? Who wants... Don't hold a chainsaw in your profile picture. Why is he holding a dismembered head? Does he think it's funny? Like, unbelievable. Why has he sent six messages demanding to see my vagina when he hasn't answered my simple question about where he lives? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a never-ending source of uh, joy and entertainment. Wouldn't it be really sad if there was a town called Show Me Your Vagina and he's trying to actually answer <laughs> <laughs> we just wants to know how to get there. Well, they all want to know how to get there, don't they? Oh, <laughs> uh, you need to put it on Twitter, that Kate. Otherwise, it's the only way I'm going to see it. Right. Okay, well, yeah, but yeah. great, great, great pick there. Um, well, both mm. from both of you, really. Mm. Uh, so it's uh, another. Well, I suppose we still got. I guess we still got uh, Gron. Uh, Gron is still kind of party related, isn't it? Really. Oh, I suppose yeah, that would tie in. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Let's. This is yours, Kate. It's one of yours, Kate, isn't it? 
Yeah, so I just, Gronya uh, Maguire, I'm sure is known to Has Gronya been a guest on here? Yes, she, she has. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, I'm sure you're familiar with the work of Gronya Maguire. And if you're not, you should be. Um, so she was just talking about the, the Christmas party thing. And she says, all these illegal Tory parties and poor Diane couldn't even have a fucking gin in a tin on the train, which is just like, the, just calling back to that time when everybody threw up a big fuss about Diane Abbott having a tin of gin of Marks and Spencer's gin and tonic or I think it was a mojito actually um on the on the train back from a long day uh, working in the commons and the fuss that was made about that and the outrage and all that and I mean I'm I'm biased because Diane Abbott is my local MP and I've always had you know real like when I've needed sort of local stuff uh, she's always been really supportive and really helpful in fact it's a sort of uh, running joke that that you know you've got the 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 Christmas um, fairy tale of New York, and there's that line, the lyric that um, nobody wants to sing anymore because we don't use that word anymore, and the world has moved on. And um, what are you singing? Uh, yeah, so people sing MAGA instead, or people sing "You're Old and You're Haggard" instead. But in uh, in uh, Hackney North and Stoke Newington, we sing "You Scumbag, You Maggot." I love Diane Abbott. Um, oh. <laughs> because she's just she. I mean, I think this is the biggest. Um, I think she has the largest margin of any um, sitting MP in the in the country, and has done for a long time. She's really well liked around here, and uh, yeah, and so it's nice that uh, that Gronya remembers that uh, that people around here were like, come on, you know, like let the woman have a, a mojito in a tin after a long day at work. Give her a break, especially when it turns out that meanwhile. Um, everybody else was up to up to well, this, this is great and I'm glad you brought it because I'm going to sort of stoke the fire a little bit more really um yeah. like Ronnie's mentioned then Diane Abbott couldn't have a quick drink without you know everyone going mad and, and crazy mm. over her but she's also um I'm just gonna put it out there a woman of color and I think she got mm. like you know one if you're a woman you're going to get it hard and two if you're a woman of color you're going to get even twice as hard and I do think like she didn't do anything terrible but that story ran and ran and ran and yet the the parties, which really genuinely, as Steve pointed out, how hurtful, um, you know, they've actually been to people who've had made genuine sacrifices and can never bring that time back, are just brushed aside like it's, mm. oh, for goodness sake, it's nothing. You know, we've had politicians laughing. We've had, um, you know, uh, can we just get back to the matter at hand? And I even sort of wonder if the, the whole look, we've got to be really super careful this Christmas is just really to try and cover the party gate um so it's just an interesting thing how different people are treated differently even i I, I mean look i don't think you can say the Tories haven't come in for a bucket load of shit over these uh party things you can't say that i mean they're actually well you can't say that the Tories haven't got it in the neck for these parties though i mean they've just been i think, I think there is a in in the scale of the reaction oh yeah i mean you know very i think if yeah. boris had had a, a can of gin and tonic on the train i don't think he would have got the reaction that diane has had um and and actually interestingly because um i get a lot of you know on the subject of twitter i get a lot of internet abuse on on lots of social media platforms including this one and mm. um and you know, of course, over the years, when it's been particularly horrendous, I have had cause to go and report it to the police. And on the whole, they've been wildly unhelpful and dismissive and useless. And um, one thing they do is they refer you to victim support. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, let's play this game. So I go and see victim support. And they're like, well, you know, what, what would you like? Some counselling? And I'd like, no, I'd like somebody to do something about this and take these crimes seriously. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's difficult. Well, maybe you could go and talk to your MP and raise this with them. And I'm like, I think Diane Abbott is aware of internet abuse. I really don't think there's any need for me to go around there. Oh, sorry to bother you, Diane. There's this thing called abuse on the internet. I don't know if you're familiar. Like, of course she knows about it. Like, 
did they not do a survey before the last um, general election? And in the six weeks, I'm, I'm like, don't quote me on these on these statistics, but I believe they looked at certain offensive terms and how often they were used on the internet, and they found like six million abusive tweets sent to MPs in the some time frame leading up to the election, and half of those abusive tweets basically had been sent to Diane Abbott. That half of the abuse being sent to MPs was going to Diane Abbott. Like, there's, it's not oh, that, yeah, that other people don't get it, yeah, but there is a there is a, yeah. an imbalance in the way that these things are thrown around. Yeah, female MPs will stop. Are, are do get a lot harsher ride on on social media. So, um, uh, although. You know, it's a great point that Gronia raises and is a nice little callback, but there is like a, a, you know, a very serious side to it where there is a, definitely a misogyny against women MPs. Let's keep it to politics over. And then beyond that, even female you know, people, women of colour who, who mm. are going to get it in the, in the neck a little bit more. But yeah, great, great treat. And um, thanks uh, for bringing up Gronia. We, we, we should get Gronia back on the show again. Uh, and to, uh, Steve? Any, yeah, any, any I was just going to, I was just going to say like, I mean, great tweet, great point. But it's a case of two wrongs. Now, one wrong is really small in comparison to the huge wrong. But I'm kind of in favour of also not drinking on the tube. And it's not so that people can quietly have a borderline medicinal drink at the end of a hard week. The reason you need people to stick to that rule is so you can enforce the rule properly when it's an absolute bunch of arseholes who've been drinking all day because of some football or something. That's what I don't want to travel with. So, you know what, if the rule means you can't drink, I think we all should stick to the rule. I'm, I'm, this is why I get annoyed by the Christmas parties as well. I, the crime is not that bad, really. Having a party is not commensurate with the level of rage that I feel. But the thing is, if you're making a rule, just stick to it. If your job is rule-related, just chip in and stick to it. I'm, I suppose I've reached the stage in life where I've followed rules so well. I think it's my personality type is I'm obsessively rule-following. Like I go around car parks in the direction of the arrows. And I'm starting to get more annoyed with the rest of society not doing and this, this makes it turn back to Boris Johnson when he said that the British people are freedom-loving as a euphemism for rule-breaking. No, stop patting people on the back for breaking small rules that you think you should get away with. Just stick to the damn rules. Everyone gets a better time. Uh, Steve well, has think, brought mate. us back. He's brought us back to, to the kind of very level, yes, actually, you know, we have to look at the bigger thing, which is the rules was broken. Rules is rules. And I, I, yes, I agree. I guess both Kate and I were probably trying to sort of show... Look, you know, women are getting it in the in the neck. So, but both, I, I mean, like, Steve, you're right. I mean, you can't because if you, I wouldn't, I don't actually like seeing people drinking on the trains. It makes me feel really anxious. But yeah. um, and it's not right that seeing people drinking on the train should make us feel anxious either. But it is just true that when people get drunk, there is a scary drunk, element. They get silly. To them. They get silly. And yeah. a number of times I've handed out a plastic bag to someone because I can see they're going to vomit. You know, I think, oh my God, it's going to come, it's going to come, I'm just going to, and I'm literally, and nobody else can see. It's like, you know they're going to vomit because you've travelled so many times on the train and you know that that look, that green around the gills look, and you think, I do not want this puke over me, thank you very much. So I'll just give them a carrier bag and just carry my shopping home. Wow. I think we let everyone drink on the trains, even the buses, even the drivers. <laughs> New Year's Eve's all right, isn't it? New Year's Eve. Uh, you're all right back. on the train. They've got I'm, rails. It can only go forward. I'm not wasting one of my Waitrose bags on that. No way. <laughs> <laughs> they got child oh, safety holes in anyway, Julian. That, that's all going to end in tears. Are they? Oh, I don't know. Not, not all the ones. Not the bamboo ones or whatever they are. So uh, let's, let's, let's go to something yeah, fun right. now, Jules. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's Relentless Misery this week. Come on. Okay, Where's one water. of your silly ones? 
Oh, hang on, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Let's get a sorbet in. Glenn's our palate. Steve, is this one of yours? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Look, I mean, we actually talked about something similar to this last time. Um, so Julia and I were on TV together, and this one came up uh, in the week. And this is um, Cheshire Police sending out Christmas card messages to criminals saying, don't do some crimes. And I, I kind of think, look, maybe this is some sort of a PR thing. The dark arts of PR is well beyond me, so you might fill me in here. But it does come across as... It's not going to stop anyone. <laughs> the idea of receiving some funny message, no one's going to be on their way to do a crime and go, you know what, though, I did get that message, so I probably won't do the crime that I planned. Uh, also, it does come across as a big old waste of time because someone's got to be coming up with these ideas and following them through. And that person might well be better spent looking at some of the tweets that you've reported, Kate, because it's really difficult to make an actual uh, investigation. It is if everyone's in the, in the, using the printer coming out with funny little cards. The thing that we were talking about in the week elsewhere was about um, one police force that did like the 12 criminals of Christmas as a little funny thing on social media. And again, no one's going to think, oh, I wasn't going to dob in my stepbrother. But that tweet was pretty funny, so go on then. So they're effectively useless, other than just getting in the newspaper. And does do the, do the police need more PR? I mean, we know they exist, don't they? We all know the phone number as well. So in terms of branding, we got it. They should probably stop working on the publicity and do more of that policing stuff. Amazingly, Steve, I was, I've literally just today uh, on the brink of releasing a video that says something very similar. It's not about this, because I hadn't seen this one, but I think it's, you're absolutely right. Nobody's like, wielding the axe, and then sort of, oh, I'm sorry, ding dong, is that, is that the postman? Oh, I just pop open this, oh, how festive, look, Robins, what does it say on the back? Oh, it says, don't do any crimes, oh, right then, <laughs> like the ghost of Christmas past. Um, yeah, so my News at Cape video that's coming out tonight is about the fact that Hackney Council have put up these posters that are like, we take domestic violence and violence against women and girls seriously in Hackney. Um, if you've got a problem, call the police on this number, 999. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we know the number. And then the worst thing is that when, when you do go and report stuff, to this, and it, it also on these posters, it says things like, um, you know, using sexually explicit um, language or abusive terminology, this is a crime and you could end up in prison. And I'm like i'm sorry I, I wish it were the case but the fact is if you shuffle up to me in stoke newington high street and shout titwank in my ear you're not going to prison i mean you're just not like it's it, they can claim that all day but it is it is factually incorrect you are not at risk of going to prison if you use sexually graphic language in the street i mean possibly if you Love do it heard in bed. Thing. Oh, yeah. um but, um, and instead of which, it gives the impression that they're really responsible. And it's easy. All you do is you ring this number and we sort it out immediately. But those of us who have tried ringing the said number are well aware that that's, it doesn't work like that. So it's like, I think it's this, and I think politicians do this a lot. It's like the triumph of spin doctors and spin over actual substance. It's like, in fact, it brings us back to Sean Bailey with one of his big mayoral campaigns was I'm going to end the transmission of HIV in London and then you were like how are you going to do that and his answer was that he was going to use some of his advertising budget to put up some posters saying go and get tested and you were like I don't think people who are aware that they might be at risk are unaware that they can't get a test I think maybe there's this you know we need to challenge much deeper and more complicated issues it's not as simple as yeah I've got a plan we'll put a poster up that'll solve the problem um, yeah, 
And I think the government does it all the time. Oh, we need the police. What can we do to improve confidence in the police? Well, here's how we can improve confidence in the police. They could be better. And then people would have confidence in them because they were better, not because we've been around going, no, really, you can trust these guys. They're great. I've just thought of a, I've just thought of something that we should do. We haven't, we haven't got time to do it, but something we should do is have the Sean Bailey challenge where we randomly pick any tweet and see how Kate can bring it back to Sean Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> just anything. <laughs> no, but, you know, fair enough. That was actually probably, that was, allow, that was allowable. Judge rules. Um, so this tweet, by the way, just to give it credits from Tracy, which is at TP101, TPEA101. Love a festival campaign for Cheshire Police. Don't be a BAM this Christmas is the hashtag. I mean... Sorry, what does a BAM mean? Am I, I know I'm, it obviously demonstrates that I'm not in the least bit... I'm, I, I was going to ask that myself, and I yeah, assume that be, one of you would know. <laughs> yeah, don't be a, don't be a BAM. Is it a bad ass motherfucker? I don't know. Mm. But if so, mm. that sounds, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not down with the kids. So no, I know this is like a Zoom room full of, uh, full of not. Well, down we're all people kids. not from down Cheshire. With so. Sick kids on this one because I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we're obviously not as street as the good people yeah, of Cheshire, exactly. which is quite worrying because I'm not sure they're all that street. But um, can I just say, having uh, okay. spent Christmases like you know, like when I was in my youth, misspent youth. I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking the number of times that I've sort of like crashed in a, on a, a you know, on a, a, a station, or I would probably just commit a crime to have a little kip in that room <laughs> for the night, you know. Yeah, when I first saw that, I thought night. that was like aimed at the homeless, saying, "Hey, don't yeah. worry, we'll get you in. You can have a little just, bed like this. It'd be nice." I'm not sure it's a deterrent because if I could, I'd rather sleep there than than you know. At a station again. The problem is their advertising campaign has misinformed people that that shouting titwank is going to get you a night in a place like that, and sadly it won't. (laughs) People strolling around Hackney now shouting titwank and thinking they're getting put up at the Hilton. (laughs) Oh dear. I mean that's better than a lot of rooms you'll see on spare rooms. So I mean I don't know. (laughs) Martin, if you're listening, you're listening, Martin, our super fan. Um, can we find out what don't? No, it's a Ned. I've looked it up. Bam is is like a Ned. Apparently, a Ned, like the Scottish kind of ne'er do well, um, bad kid. Scottish word for someone annoying or stupid. or stupid. Thank you, Martin. Um, okay. Wow. Mm. Right. Well, I feel really, really down with the silly kids now because I didn't know that. I've never heard it before. So Can I also we, say on, on this got? topic? I want. I want to. I want to do something hang on hang on you you've got we've got a late entry don't they no i was just gonna gonna wrap it up on this topic the the other reason it annoys me is because i don't think really anyone any business should be sending me uh, christmas cards because to be honest i don't have any emotional connection so like there's an estate agency i use this year they sent me a christmas card could have saved that tree mate i don't i don't want best wishes i I would have preferred two percent off that would have been nice (laughs) but yeah, let's not. Let's. I mean, the year of COP twenty six. Let's not be sending more Christmas cards from companies. No, get over it. I don't need them. One thing I will just quickly add. I know we need to press on, but it is a social media campaigns. You wouldn't expect the police to have some kind of social media campaign. You'd expect any company to have a social media campaign. But there is something sort of disingenuous about it. So I mean, you look at the Ryanair's. Um, account that's just gone mental over the last few weeks because they've gone so big on the kind of the Tory party fiascos and all the rest of it. And then they're sort of relentless. They did this tweet the other day. Um, I have to say it was quite a good tweet because their chairs look like the map of Shropshire with lots of 
Lib Dem on the safe seat and not the safe seat. You'd have to you'd have to see it. But um, it's just weird though because you know a lot of people have a lot of beef with Ryanair for one reason or another, and there's so something slightly disingenuous about being mm, on your side. I mean, you just stick to being an airline account. Be creative with your be creative in your milieu. I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit yeah. narrow. I hate companies pretending to be my friend because, like, they're for-profit businesses. I hate it. And they're like, yeah. when you get emails from a company you bought something from, them and then it's and then it's like, hey, it's tough, isn't it? We've all had bad, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I think you meant to say, dear sir or madam. Yeah. <laughs> you're a company and I'm a customer, and that's it. That is our relationship. I'm yeah. At some point, I'm going to refuse to buy products from any company that doesn't refer to me as madam. I'm just showing the North Shropshire tweet now because basically it's like their chair, like the rest of it's blue, but the top bit's uh, yellow as in Lib Dem. So, you know, it's creative. You've got to tip your hat off to it, but it's just, I don't know, if something doesn't sit right, like be when you sit on a Ryanair seat. Be safer if they didn't underfuel their planes so that they could beat airport queues, wouldn't it? Well, there you go. That's what the SD inside track we need on this show. And Exactly. I hadn't quite sharpened my attack on that, but thanks, Kate. Um, so where are we? We've had trees. We've had a lot of party stuff. Uh, we've had police. So that was your Steve, wasn't it? So let's... Can we look at the Angela Rayner one? Yes, we can look I at the Angela I think that we Rayner. all know something about this, and I think she makes a really good point. Um, so Angela Rayner tweets, the hospitality and events sector is facing cruel uncertainty. The public are heading anxiously towards Christmas. Hundreds of thousands of people are in isolation. Where on earth is the Prime Minister? And... The thing is that last time, when there was a lockdown, the first time around, everything got closed, right? It got closed. And then that meant that, you know, businesses were closed and they could then apply for furlough if they had employees and they could apply for grants and loans. Now, I'm not saying that they got the right amount of grants and loans or that everyone was treated fairly. Lots of people did fall through the gaps. But as it is now, because they haven't officially closed anything, all the, all the bars and restaurants are open, but a lot of people aren't going because they're isolating or because they don't want to get Omicron and end up having to isolate for Christmas. Loads and loads of comedy shows have been cancelled. I've lost like a couple of really like well-paid corporates out of my gig that I was sort of out of my gig list that I was sort of relying on for Christmas. Um, but like, but there's no there's no there's no reason to be compensated because they theoretically could go ahead. It's just that we've all made the choice not to because that's better for us. So they're sort of, by not closing things down, but just telling people to like, this sort of like, oh, don't do any unnecessary socialising, cut back, minimise it. And you're in this totally messed up place where like, I've got shows coming up. And if people write to me and say, actually, I don't feel safe coming, can I have a refund? I'm like, well, then I haven't got a job and I'm still paying for the venue. So then I've got to write to the venue and go, well, nobody feels safe coming. Can we all have a refund? It creates like it's it's a, such an unfair way of doing things to just kind of leave everything. And, you know, this is the Christmas period when most uh, hospitality things would be making their maximum amount of money. And a lot of them are now running with loads and loads of distancing and with much smaller crowds than usual. So they're actually now making a loss when it should be their most profitable time of the year. And there's no support at all. There's just nothing. Don't you think that's more to do with, you know, just this government's way of making us feel responsible so that if, mm. you know, this is this, obviously this happened the first time round, it's like, just say you need to close the businesses down because then they can mm. be protected, but you didn't want to do that. So obviously it's coming out the, you know, the businesses, small businesses 
pockets coming out, comedians' pockets, you know, whatever. Whoever mm. is suffering is going to be down on our decision making, and it's like that's down on us. But that was always the ploy, and that that's what he's avoided throughout the whole of the pandemic is to let to make a decision, and so that we because we can't go back and say, oh, it's your fault we did that. You'll say, well, I didn't say to close down the businesses. I just said, you know, be careful and do what you've got to do. So. It's um, it's a shitty thing. I totally agree. What about um, Steve? Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I also think there's a big slice of Tory voters who don't want to see the government bring in rules. So the government aren't bringing in rules; they're bringing in hints so that they can try and keep both plates spinning. And he does. You're right. It's just like when it started last year, and there was a strange period of only a few days when we were told don't go to the pub, but the pubs were open, and then eventually they had to step things up into lockdown. But that exact weird limbo is now the actual state that we're in it's just and it's not even just the advice of don't do it it's boris johnson kind of hinting well maybe and then right next to him chris witty saying oh no don't and even that you can't get a clear message from two people stood next to each other Mm -hmm. how are you meant to understand what to do so you're right they do leave it all in our particular um decision making quandary and then they don't have any of the responsibility and i refer back to the thing that wound me up the most last year Calling the people who break rules uh, freedom-loving is clearly trying to have both sides of that coin. No, if you come up with a rule and someone breaks it, you should be upset about it rather than complimenting them. Unless you're giving yourself a pat on the back because you broke those rules too, which for now we realise in hindsight might be the actual issue. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's like it's an absolute mess. It's like we've, we're not going to say lockdown, but we're going to... Yeah, but like don't go and do anything. And And, and for like... You know, I would love to be able to say to people, oh, if you don't feel comfortable coming to a show here, I'll give you your money back. But and then on top of that, so many people have Omicron. I mean, I actually another tweet I put out just this afternoon saying, shall we rename London Omicron soup? Because half the people I know have got um, COVID right now. So mm-hmm. half, I'm, what am I supposed to do when audience members say we can't come to your show because we're at home self-isolating? I mean, it feels really mean to say, sorry, I'm keeping your tenor. But in fact half of that money was going to the venue anyway and was going to pay for the ticket you know and the the um you know the 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 commission and all this kind of stuff only half of that money was ever going to come anywhere near me so that's a shitty thing it's it's because so you're the one that's feeling guilty Mm. you're the one that's like that you know it's kind of you're taking that responsibility because the people at the top are not taking responsibility for all of that all of the people like in that situation um and it it, it it just beggars belief that that is the way that we and also now we're turning against each other people are turning against each other because it's like my choices my body my choices my rights my you know it's it's it, i'm not going to get the vaccine if i don't see i'm all right i'm okay because no one's saying that actually if you don't see the you know if you don't follow the train of thought if you don't have vaccines if you don't have the boosters then you're going to end up in hospital the hospitals can't the nhs can't cope with it so people who have actually have got like cancer life-saving life-threatening diseases and stuff mm-hmm. they can't get treated so you're effectively stopping them from having the priority treatment they can't follow that thought process through because they've been told that it's their decision and they have to they can make that decision and so people like yourself kate having to return those tickets feeling shitty about it same as me with the club if i had to now cancel january i've lost loads of money already so that's crap but no one's sorting us out and that's just the state of this country right now where we're blaming each other but not actually where it all really comes from which is at the top 
great segue to uh, Steve's tweets uh, on Piers Corbyn then, I think, in terms of people uh, blaming each other. Now, I'm tempted not to turn the sound up on this one because we all know the story. Yeah. Essentially, uh, we all do, don't we, really? So this one was picked up uh, by an account, uh, CFR, Dave, Dave, Dave's John B. Sorry, Dave's. Um, and uh, it just simply, I'll just run through it quickly. It says, Piers Corbyn here asking people to burn down MPs' offices. Why is this man allowed on our streets at Met Police, at Keir Starmer? Not felt right, I don't think. At Jeremy Corbyn, at Boris Johnson, at Priti Patel. Look up this man for God's sake. Um, and of course, it's a story with a happy ending because I believe he was arrested. Yeah. But I don't actually know what's happened since. It's so nice, because normally, if I work in broadcast radio, TV things, as soon as the arrest happens, you don't get to talk about a story. But this is the internet. Hey. Um, and, yeah, he did turn out he was arrested for saying the thing about suggesting you should burn down MPs' offices. Not arrested for the singing on the tube or the rapping, which I believe he did. I mean, all of those videos are annoying. But the idea that... I mean, he's, he's reached a level now where he is problematic. That he's, I mean, just putting the posters on the tube was annoying back in the day. Remember when it was just simply videos of him putting up a poster with some lie about masks or whatever it was about? And now he's starting to become the figurehead of a really worrying group. Just because this is a segue between the last topic and this one, yeah, I think it fits to mention as well the gigs I did over the weekend. You then start to notice that most of the people in the audience aren't mask wearers and probably aren't vaccinated because everyone else who likes the rule stays at home so you end up going out and doing a gig to people you already hate and think they might have all the dirty plague um and yeah and their figurehead would be piers corbyn what an absolute mess in there he he also does a really bizarre rant saying that by taking the vaccine you have given yourselves aids by march so I don't quite follow the science, and that would be because there is no science in what this man says. But that's another one of his angles. But thankfully, there was an arrest about it. Yeah, it turns out you can't go around suggesting that you should track down the MPs you disagree with and do them physical harm. Thank God. I'm um, glad yeah. you approve of rule, rules, 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 the rules, Steve. <laughs> I love rules the rules. rules. <laughs> I love the rules. If you don't like the rules, campaign to change the rules. Got it, simple. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Piers Corbyn has been around for a long time and he's been a, a big sort of anti-science conspiracy theorist type for a very long time. In fact, I don't just think this, I know this because um, weirdly enough, um, I would say about five years ago, I had breakfast with him in a hotel in Oxford, um, as, as, as you were expecting me to say, I imagine, with the sort of weird life that I live. And I went up to Oxford to the union to do a debate for the um, uh, uh, posh kids at the university and um, and... This was when Corbyn was first, Jeremy Corbyn was first, had taken over as, as leader of the Labour Party. And so there was just a sort of general excitement about who can we get that's something to do with that. And it was a comedy debate anyway. It was just a fun thing. And the, um, the subject of the debate was this house regrets the success of their friends. So the idea was that perhaps Piers Corbyn was jealous of his brother's success in taking um, the reins of the Labour Party. Um, although, and, and I was there to argue that, no, we should be happy for our friends when they're doing well and we should delight in that. And that was my point that I attempted to make while being funny and drinking the free expensive wine that was being handed out. Um, uh, but in fact, what happened was that Piers Corbyn didn't get up and talk about his brother or about that, any of that. He got up and held up a large inflatable globe with a string of fairy lights around it and attempted to prove, and essentially explain how something about ocean currents disproved global warming. Um, and it was an absolute omni-shambles, but it was kind of hilarious. And um, 
<laughs> yeah, and I think fairy lights. Yeah, and I mean, I think as long as you remember that, you know, it's not Jeremy's fault. He hasn't told him to do this. And indeed, it's not. You can't be held responsible for the activities of your um, brothers and sisters. Then, you know, well, there you have it. That's I think he gets more attention than he deserves because of his relationship to Jeremy Corbyn. And what we should be doing is, yes, obviously, if he's broken the law, we should be arresting him. But also we should be kind of, in a way, ignoring him because, like, sure, another bit of unscientific waffle like yeah he's been he's been at it for a while well apparently he's out uh, martin says he's out pending further investigation i mean how i don't know what, more watching the video again watching the video yeah. again i think the police uh wi-fi was out maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy printing off christmas cards <laughs> yeah and getting getting their next tweet together <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, we've uh, yeah, we've we've. So uh, people in the public eye. I'm just wondering if we can go to um yeah. from there to uh, uh Louis C.K. who was yeah, trending. Yeah. Hang on, have um, we got the right? I've got men I'm in the mentions. Earlier on. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there were a clutch of tweets on here, weren't, uh, right, weren't there? Yeah. Actually? There was about three tweets. Um. So it's yeah, just a bar go. from Madonna's. Yeah, it's these three here. In fact, we might um, even almost. Yeah. So we've got like. Uh, firstly, Victoria Bromworth. So Louis C.K. has a new special out, sorry, uh, that he's selling online, an ad running SNL. For those who forgot, Louis C.K. sexually assaulted a series of women comedians, then went right back to work and no one blinked. So quit whining about cancel culture because it's a myth. That was from Victoria Bromworth. Then there was another tweet, uh, they're all sort of luck together, um, uh, from Ashley uh, Smash Ler L. Double L E triple R. I can't decide which is worse: reading tweets from the white men defending Louis C.K. and applauding his return, or contracting Omicron, which I thought was was a nice comparison. And then from Simon King, who I think is a it's unfamous. It, it's at unfamous, although he's got a blue tick. Um, I know, but then, Simon King is a, is a, is a stand-up. He's um, I'm going to say Canadian, but I might be wrong. I've worked. With I don't Simon. know. I haven't come across yeah. him. But, but he's, oh no, he's... I've gigged with Simon. I don't think he's in the UK anymore. I think no. He's okay. Maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. He's gone back to Canada. Um, well, he's tweeted. But he's a very funny man. Lovely man. A very funny man. So he's tweeted Lucas, which I did find the joke funny. Which he, Lucy K just released a new special today without any warning. So I guess Louis doesn't always want you to see him coming, right? So this is all obviously referencing Louis C.K. and his kind of comeback to, um, like, comedy, if you like. So mm. I just wanted to really ask uh, our two comedian guests, you know, um, where where they sit on, should Louis C.K. be coming back? And, and I think it's called Sorry, his new, his mm. new show. Uh, so it's obviously alluding to maybe he's sorry for what he did. Can mm. we forgive and forget? And should he uh, be working back in, in the clubs and back in comedy um let's start with steve it's difficult to know i mean i don't know i've not paid enough attention to the to know the details of what happened i know the i get i know enough info to get simon king's joke um was he was there any criminal things brought against him no there weren't okay I well i mean look, I, I didn't think this was his first comeback i thought there was one in the first pandemic yeah there's one out yeah. already yeah all right yeah. um and and part of this you imagine this is one of the few times when i agree that market forces can actually be useful because if someone's distasteful they won't get an audience and i think this is i think that actually hits to the point of cancel culture it's not cancel culture if you lose your audience because people find out they don't like you anymore that's not there might be some story of someone else feeling pressure or some company feeling pressure or university feeling pressure to uh, remove someone from their post 
but that and loads of people will think oh you can't say anything these days you can't do something that's a criminal act and still have a successful career of course that's in no way linked to cancel culture but i don't actually know enough if if one were to uh, fully apologize if someone were to actually repent then i wouldn't think that their rest of their life should be uh, acted as if they never did so yeah i guess i think someone if they truly were sorry oh god look at that of course the title now means i'm gonna have to watch the damn thing uh but if someone were truly sorry then i guess there's a reason to let to, to see if there's still people who are willing to listen to what they have to say okay okay uh i just think that i just i don't know i work in comedy i know i know dozens of brilliant talented um, you know, women, um, brilliant, talented women of colour, women, brilliant, talented women with disabilities, women. Oh, there are just so many amazing, brilliant people in comedy who deserve to release specials and deserve that attention and who are just so fascinating and wonderful to listen to. And I just don't think that in the circumstances there's any need for anybody to still be in the world of Louis C.K. Like, I, no, I'm not, there's no way I'm interested in downloading it. There's no way I can be bothered with it. And I just think what a shame that all that energy and effort has gone into producing something when there just isn't a shortage of wonderful people. I'm not saying he should never be rehabilitated, but I just don't feel like he's the right person to be on a big public stage. Like if he's if he's genuinely sorry and genuinely rehabilitated, then I don't quite see why he can't go and get on with a job that is less high profile and is less sort of putting himself in front of the public. I think, great, he's rehabilitated. So he will have done, you know, made serious actions and taken inroads to you know make up for what he's done I, I don't see any real evidence that he's done a lot of that and he will have obviously then accepted that you know it's not appropriate for him to carry on being you know in, in a high profile position which is inevitably going to lead to you know a lot of young men looking up to him and I think that he's the wrong person for that I don't think we should have Mike Tyson's face on energy drinks I don't think that people who've done stuff like this are the right people to be public facing roles and I think that I can easily fill that role using brilliant <laughs> women that I know and they could just call me and I'll send them a roster of suggestions you're welcome uh, Mr and Mrs well, we make well, specials.com. Um, the fence sitting Sajila is kind of seeing both viewpoints. It's on if Julian can bring something that will sway me to, because I kind of see both what you're saying, but I was just wondered what Steve was thinking because obviously you're rule breaking. And I would have thought that, mm. you know, wanking without consent in front of a woman is breaking, perhaps not a, you know, a law, but it is a rule that I think, you know, we generally kind of think it's, you shouldn't be doing that. And, and uh, I think um, it is breaking the law. I don't think it's breaking the law. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a sex... A, a, a sort, sort According of, to these posters in Hackney, it is. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't in Hackney. Maybe that was the problem. It wasn't in Hackney. I don't you know. You just needed a place to sleep. Um, I mean, uh, I do... So I take Steve's point. I mean, both excellent arguments, actually. But I do take Steve's point about... Uh, popularity will out or the market will out in the sense that people don't want to to listen to him they won't download and all the rest of it i mean kate's point on retraining is very like it's kind of an interesting one that you've transgressed therefore you must start your career you know you must go to the open mic circuit and work your way back up <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um that is purgatory isn't it yeah, i mean well, i think we can all agree yeah yeah that but, would be a punishment um, wouldn't but, it yeah your punishment is six years on the open mic circuit i think yeah. it's a great punishment actually <laughs> I mean, but one one thing that I did remember today when he, when I saw your tweets, I, re I remember that he did issue an apology, uh, not not right afterwards, but a few months, a few weeks afterwards, and and the I can't remember the actual text, 
but the word admired is in it like quite a lot and it's a bit like the, the Joey Tribbiani wedding vows for Monica and Chandler it's like having having and giving and giving and having and there was just there was just like a, if you go back and read it you'll see a lot of like oh, I'm really sorry I did this because I'm so ad admired or whatever there was just something slightly weird about the way he'd worded it um but clearly clearly you know people will will download I mean I think the last special that he did was when he did the school shootings um routine which got him in quite a lot of hot water uh there so um but, I find but, it difficult okay. on this one because in terms of in terms of how he I don't know if he's had any contact with the people that were in the room with him and we he's made some kind of I feel I think that he, there has been some contact there and he's made some kind of recompense which I don't know if it's adequate in their eyes it's certainly not going to be adequate in in everyone's eyes well let's face it if it was going if it was if it was um an open spot if it's someone who didn't have such a high profile you know I think we'd be a lot more sort of like yeah no never go back out there you're not even allowed to go back in an open mic circuit it's Lucy K it's got a high profile um and if I if I'm going to be controversial it's I I'd never really been a Louis K CK fan and and so I I never I never got I never got the hype. I was like, what am I missing? Why am I not, you know, I'm not I'm not thinking that this guy is the genius that everybody thinks he is. So see, that's well, why that about two thirds of you know high profile white men on the international circuit. Sajila, I'm like, I feel a bit Emperor's New Clothes about a lot of this stuff. I'm like, all right, really, that's great, is it? I mean, I. There's a sort of this is so groundbreaking, and you're like, I know 50 people on the open mic circuit who do that, you know, great. Yeah. So I mean, I was a fan. I mean, so much so that you know, I got my hairline like him and everything. So <laughs> it's yeah. uncanny. But yeah, this is this is more than difficult. Um, so yeah. It's and controversy again. Someone else who's been giving a lot of flack is um, uh, oh god, um, closer. Closer, what's his name? Oh, Dave oh, Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, well, like, so yeah, I watched so the closer last night actually, yeah. and I'm expecting to be, you know, hor you know, really shocked and because you know all the hype that's around it. Um, and as, as a, as you know, as a black man with his history, his lived experience, uh, yeah, there's, some, there's certain bits I can imagine people cringing, but I could, I don't think he's, I think he's good, but I didn't think it was his best one, best show. And I'm just going to say that, you know, I don't I think the guy's getting like loads of hassle for maybe not. He's not transphobic. I'm just going to put that out there to saying it. Right. Yeah, but it's I think, also I think, horses. yeah I, I've seen it. And, I, and I, I felt the same. Like I was expecting to be really disgusted and offended. And there were certainly things that he said that I thought, oh, I disagree with that. Um, but I do feel like if you read The Spectator, The Spectator is a magazine in which white guys say that kind of stuff actually much in much stronger terms and in, in terms which I find much more offensive and nobody makes and, and there's not really much outcry about it um but when JK Rowling does it and when Dave Chappelle does it um there's a much bigger outcry about it and I'm like did you are you angry about the thing that was said or did you already hate the person and now you found a reason to kind of hang that mm -hmm. on and uh, I think we might be back to the Diane Abbott issue that um you know yes she broke a small rule in a small way and the reaction is huge and I think that Dave Chappelle has said some things that I disagree with as was JK Rowling um and the reaction has been huge whereas there are you know, straight white establishment figures who say these kind of things and break these rules much more aggressively and in much more out their ways and don't seem to get the backlash that others do. Yeah. 
Right, we need some drink now. Yeah, let's have let's <laughs> go, um, gin and tonic. <laughs> I was unconscious when running over slightly, but I've, we've got three things left. We've got fo- photos and gin, which are both kind of really funny tweets. We've also got stories uh, as well, which probably would uh, uh, count for that. But whose tweet was the gin tweet? That's mine. Yours, yeah. isn't it? So. Yeah. And there's part of this which is saying that there's an issue about Aldi copying Marks and Spencer again, and that you know there's we can all remember the heady days of the cat Colin the caterpillar issue. But the reason I wanted to rant more, I can go straight into my annoyed rant. Why are we putting edible gold in right. so many things? We've, let's it, read the tweet. Let's let's do the tweet first. Let's read it. it's from Shoesmith. Do you want me to read it out? If you could, because oh, I'm watching this on the little teleprompter uh, auto queue, yes. and it's oh, so yeah, exciting. Okay. Totally not a problem. It's from Shoesmith. Right, first Caterpillar Gate, now Gin Gate for Marks and Spencer and Aldi UK. Both retailers' gins come in a bell-shaped bottle with light in the base, uh, illuminating edible gold flakes inside. Our expert, the image lawyer, gives his, his thoughts, and there's a picture of the two bottles there. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. maybe there is some sort of brand issue before we even get there. Stop eating gold! Why are you wanting to eat a metal? I've always thought, look, I know people love showing off how wealthy they are. And I've often thought people's obsession with status is actually a sign of weakness. This is why I don't really blend well with society. People like the idea of showing off they got a big car. It's like, well done, you clearly had some money. That's all I know about you, because now you've bought an expensive car. And it feels like a sign of weakness that you want people to think, oh, you're so great, because you're depending on other people. And surely the most pointless thing to try and do to get status is to eat and drink gold. Surely it doesn't taste good. It's a transition metal down that bit with copper and, and silver. Nothing good comes out of that flavour. No one's ever eaten anything and gone, mm, you know, it needs more gold. So clearly it can't taste good. It can't be good for you. It's not one of the metals we need. No one's ever been to the doctors and they said, I'm afraid you're, you're not getting enough gold. What? So, there's those two sides of it. It's utterly pointless. And it's just the most empty attempt to have status. Like, look how rich I am. I'm gold-plating my food. And then I don't even know if you uh, if you digest it without getting too graphic. I don't know if your, your poos come out looking like they're pre-wrapped. So, <laughs> Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like uh, C-3PO had a baby. But, so, I, I'm against the idea of... Like, stop doing this. We have limited amounts of gold in the Earth. Because it takes some really big stars going supernova to make atoms like that. And people like it in jewellery. So let's stop eating it and flushing it down the toilet, you bunch of idiots. <laughs> like It does mean... Well, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Either someone's going to have to sit there and filtering out all the gold for... Actually, maybe this is a big con. So that the people who run the sewage treatment works are making a mint out of this. All they need to do is put a sieve down and all of a sudden they can just turn up with a bag to that cash for gold place and sort out their financial yeah, I mean, situation. Anyone who works at the sewage works and brings a sieve to work, they can have it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like, I mean, that is a level of commitment to a get-rich-quick scheme that I am just willing to, to, to leave them to. Like, you're welcome to it. If I have shat out any valuable jewellery items, they, they may keep those. Well, I've got to say that you've just picked on something that's quite... I'm getting these bottles of gin with the gold in it for my team at the cottage, if you're listening. Yes, this is what Sir Julia was going to buy for you as a as a little thank you for Christmas. But also in terms of eating gold, it's, you're getting it from Aldi. I'm going to get it from Aldi, not, not from M&S. M&S is 13 quid. It might be cheaper than Aldi. Um, but gold, it is an edible thing. So I've grown up, we have gold on our Indian sweets, gold and silver, like a little tiny gold sheet, a little tiny silver sheet. And it is edible. There is some supposed to be some goodness in it. 
and it's usually for special occasions. We even have it on like um, like a semolina sort of dessert that we make at Eid on our Christmas, and so it's a special occasion, and you put like a film, and it's not that expensive as you think. So it's not no, really worth much. <laughs> but I would say just just because you traditionally eat it doesn't necessarily mean there is medicinal value in eating a transition metal. That not that all transition metals are bad. Some of them are bioactive. So clearly, iron's a trans transition metal. People love a slice of that. But gold's not gold one of them. Gold is highly unreactive. So there's no way that it's doing anything in your system. It's just coming straight out the other end. It's a mass. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we like it in jewellery because it doesn't tarnish. And that's well, it's, it's hugely unreactive. It's it's soluble in its nitrate form. So that might be a, an issue. Clearly, to have the ability to uh, to turn it into a nitrate. I mean, that's when it's acidic. That's when gold gets attacked. Um, and and, look, and copper sulfate. If it's in the same group, there'll be a sulfate that'll be linked to it as well. But yeah, I'm not saying it's bad for you. What I'm saying is it's not good for you. It doesn't do any good. No one's ever needed more gold. And uh, if you're going to drink that much, there is a slight worry about getting through metal detectors. But other than that, I mean, yeah, go for it. But I just think I'm calling it out as stupid. I don't know if it is real gold in there, though. Not little but if it's, real gold. Well, if it's not, then it's iron parietes, which is the fake gold, and at least iron is good for you. Fool's gold would be so better in this situation. So you've come around the full circle. It's actually good for you. Go and buy it, kids. <laughs> if it were fool's gold, yeah. I fool's think the gold. moral of the story, and I know it's late to say this, the moral of the story is buy your Christmas presents early. Go to small, independent, and, and you know, like online retailers who are doing some, because the big supermarkets are just relying on sort of last minute panic buying and they make something that looks quite fancy but is actually not really particularly good or exciting or worth all that you know like you know you're paying quite a high premium over what it's really worth um i made a video about this a couple of weeks ago about um where i bought like a some bath bombs online from like an independent family-run business up in sheffield and i bought a couple from like sainsbury's whatever and they're basically the same price and then we put them both in the bath and one just sits there like an alka seltzer and the one i bought from the independent company it's all like bright colors and it fizzes and it smells amazing and looks really pretty and um yeah like this the the, the sort of pre-packed gifts in the chain stores are, are there to, to feed off the fact that people leave it to the last minute and they're like, oh, no, I haven't bought anything for somebody, and you rush down and get something. You can get something much, much better, but you have to do it now. It's the 19th of December. Now, now, now. Well, I don't know. Last minute thing, I might just get, I've got, obviously, Asian people all have gold, women have gold, you know, from their dowries. I might just stick a gold necklace in a bottle of old, any old cheapo gin and just <laughs> give it to tequila. someone. And then, so yeah. what, drop me necklace? <laughs> just go down the pawn road. Than a worm. What have you got that's gold? I want to bung it in a can of lager. They'll love that. I take your point, Steve, uh, entirely. Um, yes, you know, it does. It, you, you, you know, you point out the ridiculous. And Kate, thanks for adding in about, um, yes, you know, obviously uh, get those last minute bargains and, and, and you know, have uh, support those smaller businesses. Uh, yeah. We should be all be doing that at this time. Um, and, and Julian, any any issues well, with gold in your drinks? Uh, no, not particularly. Um, wouldn't do it myself. But what I do love about this tweet is it did remind me of an episode of a previous series of Succession. I don't know if anyone's seen it, where Greg, the, the Greg goes out with Tom Wamsbat, Wamsgans, Wamsgans, Wamsgans. Um, and they go out for like a crazy meal. And one of the things they have is like a gold leaf, uh, I think it's gold leaf vodka, it might be gold leaf tequila, one of the two. And then and basically Tom Wamsgans is saying, yeah, this is, the, this is what you do when you're rich, you know, you do crazy stuff like this. And then he gets up the next day and Greg's like, oh, I think gold leaf hurt my tum tum or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's game, but you know it's a status symbol, and it's there to be ridiculed. It's it's like why are you drinking gold leaf? It's crazy. But um, 
Yeah, no one sprinkles diamonds on something to show that they're rich. It makes it harder to chew, but it's exactly the same stupid move. Elizabeth I... Taylor did have a perfume called Diamonds that had a real diamond on it, apparently. But it smelled vile. And it wasn't in a vial, it smelled vile, or both. Possibly. At least if you swallow the diamond, it definitely, there's no nitrate form of that. That will go through you without reacting. Oh, but it was smart on the way out, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that would not be nice. Um, so where do we go from right, gold in our booze? Uh, let's try and race through that. We're running over a bit, but uh, let's do, we've only got two left, actually, and it's, and it's uh, yeah, it's actually one each. Um, it's um, Steve's one, uh, which is from Sam Coates' guy. It's the Nadine Doris WhatsApp story. Yeah, okay, I look at it on the big screen. Yeah, this is the row of the Tory WhatsApp clean global Brexit group with over 100 MPs. Uh, and uh, there's a bit of a typo there, but it's about the removal of Nadine Doris after she defended the PM. Uh, and then Steve Vake said, uh, declaring enough is enough. There is a strong kind of like, you have no authority in this group moment. Um, but And also, I think it's a, it's a trigger warning about clean global Brexit. Because that very much feels like, you know, no longer having the deal with the EU is one thing, but trying to leave the planet, I think, is the ultimate goal of a lot of Tory MPs. Um, and it's, I, I kind of like the fact that it shows how petty they are. I think we've reached that stage. Look, if ever, if ever a government, uh, a party has at least shared power for over a decade, we then get to see an awful lot of the cracks starting to show. And this is one of them which I very much enjoy. But yeah, the childishness of throwing someone out of a WhatsApp group. Is that what it's come to? Like the, the old days, you get proper videos of people doing proper speeches, and that would have been your politics. These days, ah, I'm the admin. I'm removing you. And I'm afraid these are the people who are in charge. Disgraceful. It, 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 it's, a, it's a great story, but it also like resonates. Um, I mean, have you ever been thrown out of a WhatsApp group? Me? As if yeah. I'd ever be in a WhatsApp group. Why do I <laughs> need to left, interact with you humans? Would be, I think you I think you've probably got a family one, maybe a close friends one. We're going down. No, there. well, no. I mean sadly, it wasn't just my dad who died of the pandemic, so I've only got one relative left. Oh. So uh it's been a tough old pandemic for the Allens, brutally. Um so no, there's not one there. There is a WhatsApp group on the street that I live in. Um, and I've never posted anything to it. I was added to it and was too scared to visibly show up as leaving. So it just this sits around being muted. So that's probably the question more is like, would you leave? Because I've I've I'm in I've muted all a lot of my WhatsApp groups because I can't keep up with it. Mentally, I find it quite like stressful, and so I just mute them because I can't. I'm too cowardly to leave. <laughs> I just yeah. don't want them to know I've left. It's easy to buy a new phone. What, and just lose it? Pretend <laughs> yeah, it. just leave the old one, just ping it away, put it on silent, buy a new one, a new number, they'll never track you down. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I just mute things. But I, I, don't, I don't, it's not because I want to leave, I just don't want it pinging. But then occasionally I think, oh, actually, I do want to look at the street WhatsApp and, you know, ask a question about the bins or something. And then, yeah, I don't, but I don't find it super stressful. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that I've ever been chucked out of a group, but then... I would, why would I be in a group with Tory MPs? I've got, needless to say, as I say about everybody we ever mentioned, I've got previous with Nadine Doris. She and I have been on a number of shows together. And uh, she is extremely vain and obsessed with her appearance, is my experience of her. Like, she, like before you go live, she's just like, oh, hang on, let me change into my heels. And what does everyone think about my hair? And can I have more hairspray? And then afterwards, she immediately tweets about whether she looked hot or not on this morning. And I'm always like, I thought it was quite more important to discuss 
provision of reproductive rights to women around the world. But no, you know, sure, nice shoes. We can discuss <laughs> reproductive rights of women, um, you know, with a bit lippy on. Surely you can. Yes. But I prefer to be, you know, a hairy feminist and get the job done. <laughs> is that have you ever had a show title called the hairy feminist, feminist or is that yeah yeah um i've no i've never done it as a show title i've used various abuse i've had on the internet uh, as show titles yes. a lefty, lefty cockwomble i wrote That's was a right. show based on based on what people were tweeting about me when i was on question time um yeah i i, I don't i don't leave that stuff uh unused um uh well oh, there's a really nice audio clip of jeremy vine on his radio show reading out things that have been messages have been sent to him after i'd been on as a guest where he just goes Ultra feminist scum. <laughs> in a, <laughs> frankly, what sounds like an impersonation of Stephen Allen, but I assure you that was Jeremy Vine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I find fascinating is, and I'm sure you've had this, guys, is, um, you know, if there are trolls, they always go, they, they, will think, they will think they're sort of hitting a, a nerve and they say, oh, calls herself a comedian. Oh, didn't make me laugh. It's the funniest thing they've ever said. It's always, it's always like, look, mate, yeah, well, we are comedians. That's our job. And I, you sit there. Yeah, if I'm not funny, the fact that I've made a professional living doing this for 17 years is incredible. I mean, that is, whoa. Oh, I know. It's all those people that have been giving you money for no reason whatsoever for not. Yeah, I mean, that's like winning an Olympic gold when, you know, when you can't actually swim, isn't it? That's, that's amazing. You're splashing around in the shallow end and they're like, no, you know what? You can have this. I mean, that's, it's brilliant. I'm all for and, it. And have you had that, Steve? Have you had uh, anyone telling you that you're not funny? He calls himself a comedian. Oh, oh, oh. oh, well, I mean, as soon as every episode of The Mash Report or Late Night Mash was on, I I eventually stopped looking at Twitter just because I've I've put more effort into the protection of my mental health of late than I had done before. Um, but it is still true that it goes absolutely crazy on the internet. Although I did notice when we're on the BBC, the actual episode would go out Thursday or Friday night, depending on which series it was. And there was often a Sunday night repeat and the Sunday night repeat insults were worse. And I think it was just some sort of songs of praise kind of hangover crowd that they were watching the telly, hadn't turned it off yet, and then just got stuck into hating us. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's a go-to line that they all say, like, you're not funny. And as, as if as if you're going to listen to that one person yeah, saying it, oh, when you've then. just had 400 people laughing and one person saying you're not funny. I'm a fan of statistics. So that alone means I don't have to listen to your complaint. To your complaint. I'm looking for a comedian who's a fan of statistics. That's my brand of humour. I'm like, <laughs> that should be your next show title. You know, I'll use ultra feminist scum or whatever, but I want Steve and Allen is a fan of statistics. <laughs> I, I'll be in the front of the and, and rules. And rules. Yeah. I love rules and I love statistics. Yeah. And do you know what? The data backs me up. That's what I'd like about that. <laughs> I just love that you're so, you're so simple. I love rules. I love statistics. This is a very simple living. Um, Kate, <laughs> I know that you've had a lot of... Um, you know obviously uh, a lot of trolling on on the internet and uh, it's been horrible and, and horrific and and hilarious sometimes obviously because you haven't managed to use it in you know material um do you think that's down to um you being you know a woman or is it that your politics is it being a feminist is it uh, you know i think the, the sort of whole vagina opinion combination doesn't sit well with a large yeah. uh, tranche of the uh, twitterati um I was at a, a conference, this is years ago, um, it's actually a sort of an event for, for women getting into um, writing for TV and radio and things like that. And um, one of the other guests was uh, Caroline Criado Perez, the um, a brilliant feminist who got the statue of a suffragette in Trafalgar in um, Parliament Square and uh, got, got Jane Austen on the banknote, brilliant feminist campaigner. And um, we were being asked by somebody in the audience about 
internet abuse and um and, and you know i'm being asked that question of like what is at the heart of it and caroline asked me a question which i thought was genius she said you know the the the, the sexually the sexual violence um you know rape threats that you get um how many of them mention your vagina and i thought about it and i was like oh none they're all about my mouth and my throat and if that doesn't tell us everything we need to know that it's not about you know what it's about is silencing that voice mm. it's about trying mm. to silence women um and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit through the looking glass on it these days. So. But hey, trolls out there, you can keep doing that. We're not going to be silent. We're still going to be talking, people. Yeah, <laughs> we carry had, on your work. We've <laughs> had one troll so far from a, one of the clips. I don't know if you saw that comment of like, oh, the what's it? The worst people from your office Christmas party. Apparently, that's what we are. Oh, yes. I'm sticking oh, no, that, that on the flyer. <laughs> I'm sticking that on the flyer. It was someone's day. tweet we mentioned. Um, yeah, well, there wasn't a Christmas party because they're illegal and yeah. you should have stuck to the rules. <laughs> I mean, that's no, just that the funny. crime, that is. It's because it's someone that, you know, we their twit, we use their tweet. We use their tweet, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, I've just got been told that these so-called comedians have uh, used my tweet. Wow. I think he was yeah. secretly quite proud that we'd used the tweet but wanted to sort of dissociate himself from us. And I was like, ah, you know, got a, like, like, a minor care. thrill from a minor bit of trolling. Right, so we're on the last tweet. We're on the last tweet. So, Kate, it's yours. I so need this explaining. It's... So, um, this is a tweet from uh, the, the handle is is at Chlorofem. Uh, her name is Amy. She's a, a feminist uh, campaigner. I think um, I think over in the US, and she's just um, put together a little compilation of what she describes as my most hated genre of family photos, and it's families who have done a Christmas photo in which the female members of the family have been tied up and had their gaffer tape put across their mouths and then the caption is finally peace on earth which i think oh. amazingly ties in exactly to what i was just mm. saying about yeah, how there right. is a tranche of the population out there who just wants women silenced and and plays into this idea that women should speak less or should say less or that women have less right to express themselves and when women speak it is annoying irritating infuriating somehow unacceptable and uh, it's really interesting that she could find so many of these and uh, so i thought we'd just get it up there so that everybody knows that um that it's not funny it's as funny as the louis ck special people and um these so-called comedians i mean they call us so-called comedians and yet here are these pricks gaffer taping their wife's mouth shut for a christmas card oh right yeah yeah right very funny mm. well um you know uh, i think that's <laughs> the last tweet for us so-called comedians to kind of bring <laughs> and get our gaffer tape back on get our gaffer tape out and, and put it over our faces um yeah i mean we've covered a lot of very Oh. Very big things, and and uh, you know, I don't know. Julian hasn't had a any tweets, have you? To this week? No, no. I mean, I I can't. I mean, most of the ones that I mean, if anyone I would like wants you to, to sort of end on a you know just a, something like hearted, you know, in case they tell us like you know we get like trolled again. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, for anyone watching that, uh, you know, all our tweets are under the well. Oh, they're obviously all on the um, on the timeline, but they're on the likes tab. The ones that were lined up for tonight. Um, uh, no, there were just a few. I mean, I actually chose really sort of throwaway ones. There's this well, one from. I've been thinking it was all really relevant oh, and important and all kind of tied together. Um, Kate's disappeared. <laughs> Kate's, Kate's gaffer taped her own mouth here. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> but, um, I hope you're out there somewhere, Kate. I'm yeah. sorry we have run over, so I don't know if that's <laughs> that's the issue. So, it's sorry, a... did you, were you asking me about my tweets? Or... Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just chose like really three quick ones here. Chuck Thomas. 
uh, who is digital guy at Talk Radio. Uh, some crotches in a bin. It's a Christmas miracle. That's like that funny, one. Actually. And uh, there was also this is fantastic from Trout Eyes. Um, hey, uh, this is a card section for Na for Nans. It goes Nan Nana Nanny Nana Nanny. To which Jim added Hey Jude. So obviously, if you know the chorus, <laughs> Hey Jude. I love that. That goes on for like seven minutes, but it was written by Fora Julian, so you know, it's like my national anthem essentially. <laughs> um, and this one, I love this. Matt Littler is uh, a film film guy for works for a BL production company. He spotted the um, game for the Queen's Gambit. Well, he spotted this, which goes Netflix, the Queen's Gambit, the board game. To which he's pointed out, you mean chess, is it right? Chess? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> that is mind-blowing. Is it brilliant. chess? Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. Oh, my God, I've got to get that. Have you, have you amazing, that? Well, you love chess. the TV show, so... It'd be amazing if you buy it and inside it's charades, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be really disappointed. What a great oh, show, dear. guys. Yeah, amazing um, show. Honestly, really, really, really good stuff. Um, I'm so glad we um, came together. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Kate Smurthwaite and Steve and Allen, who I only found out the other day when we did TV together, was it's Steve and Allen. It made sense. It's like he's you're, you're Will I Am before Will I Am was. <laughs> yeah. Steve and Allen, all these years I've known you. Uh, thank you I so thought you were a double act to start with, Steve and Alan. <laughs> keep, I keep sending the invoices like, for two. They don't like pay them. Like and Johnson. You know, <laughs> terrible Mordville. Yeah. No. Uh, thank you for doing our last uh, show, I believe, for 2021 now. Yeah. Uh, and I'll yeah. let Julian tell you about the, the future shows that we've got coming up. Well, I can't, I can't do that because we haven't done a line-up for them. But I, what I can do is ask Steve and Kate, uh, please, will you plug something that you are hopefully doing in the near future, whether it's live or online or whatever? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go on, Steve. Um, I, yeah, I'm doing a week of drive-time shows on Union Jack Radio on DAB. It starts tomorrow. So I'm back doing some radio like that. It's just quite nice. Ah, uh, Yes, that's right. I saw that brilliant stuff. You can follow Steve at... Mr. Stephen Allen uh, on Twitter. We're just showing that on the screen now. Uh, Kate, what are you up to? Well, yeah, I have my uh, online video series, News at Kate. Uh, just go to katesmouthway.co.uk and you'll see the info there. And I will be touring my show, hopefully. Last Mayor of Fihiloe, I've got it um, in North London, uh, 9th of January and South London, 4th of February. And hopefully some more dates as things firm up um, slash the pandemic turns out to have all been a big hoax. Um, whatever, whatever happens first, um, and it turns out that uh, Bill, Great, Bill Gates did it anyway, and it's, he's going to stop it now or something. Um, hopefully, we'll be touring some more in the new year. But everything, as always, is on katesmuthway.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, and Martin's asked Steve, is, uh, and obviously follow Kate at Cruella1, which you see on screen here. Uh, Steve, more comic-solving problems as well. Is that happening? Uh, it is, but in the new year. We're not doing any more for the rest of this one. Um, but yeah, our weekly topical comedy show, Tuesday nights at nine, comic solving problems. And we've, we've got to, because I've carpeted the damn shed. <laughs> I put all this stuff in so we could do comic solving problems in its own actual mini studio stuff. And then we took a break for Christmas. So now I'm just, I have the best lit shed in this entire neighbourhood. Wow. She's put it on the WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as far as the next show, I mean, I'm hoping i'm aiming to uh come back on the 9th of january hopefully sunday the 9th of january line up to be confirmed and we have got uh we are going to go live in february 
uh, with uh, the Bill Murray um, with Comic Solving Problems, a live venture. Uh, again, more details of those as they come. We're literally doing the work, the legwork on that. Um, but yeah, just remains to say uh, thank you so much to our two fantastic guests tonight. Please stay uh, back with us in the Zoom room or the green room. Um, and uh, thanks, of course, Sajila. And uh, just a wave goodbye to all our streamers. Thank you so much for watching. And Merry Christmas, everyone and out Merry there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I nearly forgot. Cheers, guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Please do check out the other podcasts in the series. If you go to our website, www.letskilltwitter.com, you'll find all our previous shows listed and you can find links to the YouTube versions as well as audio files. If you'd like to support our work, you can do via buymeacoffee.com. If you go to their website, you'll find a Let's Kill Twitter page set up for donations. But anything you can do is much appreciated. A like, a follow, a recommendation to a friend, it all counts. Once again, thanks for listening. We hope to be in your ears again very soon.